Welcome to Elevate L&D, conversations with Cincinnati's learning and development leaders, brought to you by the Greater Cincinnati Association for Talent Development. In this episode, we'll discuss continuous learning. L&D practitioners need to continually freshen their knowledge of the latest tools and trends and identify personal growth areas to advance in their careers. But as busy adults, how do we prioritize our limited time, choose which learning opportunities to pursue, and hold ourselves accountable for the goals we set? Our host, Dan Link, talks with Roy Nickerson, Program Manager with the U.S. Air Force. Roy shares why it's important for L&D professionals to be continuous learners. He also shares how to find the best learning resources and gives tips on balancing commitments in work and personal life with the pursuit of continuous learning. Let's join the conversation. Welcome to the podcast. I am Dan Link, the Director of Talent Development at Seneca Holdings and also a purpose guide with The Purpose Promise. As a learning and development leader, I spend a lot of my time thinking about how the organizations I support can provide learning opportunities to others to grow in various ways, whether interpersonal, technical, as leaders, and so on. With much of my time being outward focused, I find myself needing to hold myself accountable to pursue learning opportunities for me to grow in similar ways. This can be a challenge and I believe requires self-awareness, humility, curiosity, and a commitment to continuous learning. As listeners, you may find you experience a similar challenge. And so for this podcast, we wanted to explore how to be a continuous learner. Joining us on this episode is Roy Nickerson, Program Manager with the U.S. Air Force. Roy and I met a few years ago through a mutual connection and found we share a passion for helping others grow and work towards their goals and dreams. More importantly for this episode, getting to know Roy has shown me that he models what being a continuous learner is all about, and I know he'll be able to share valuable insights all of us can apply in our own personal and professional development. Thank you for joining, Roy. Would you mind sharing with our listeners a little bit about your background and experience? Yeah, first of all, I am super humbled to just be here and to be asked to do this. Uh, so a little bit about me. I spent a lot of time, uh, about 15 years as a United States Army officer and did all the typical things you would post 9-11. And I hate to go go into it too much. But what I ended up doing was finding myself outside of a, a career I grew up in and with, with just a need to grow and learn as I entered the corporate world, the civilian corporate world. So I've, I've had the opportunity to kind of bounce around and learn a ton of stuff to include work as a consultant and an accidental learning and development guy through my consulting work. I just found out that organizations need people to shepherd their employees through uh, learning experiences. So I've done a lot of work with the U.S. government, um, and Uncle Sam has allowed me to take a full-time role doing that, running programs for them in the United States Air Force. So that's me. But I mean, to really tell you this, tell the story of me, I'm a small town Kentucky kid who's just had a lot of luck and has lived an extraordinary life because of it. Well, thanks, Roy. We're so grateful to have you, as I shared, and really look forward to learning from you today. So let's dive into our first question. Continuous learning can mean different things to different people. What does it mean to you? Uh, for me, it's a bit philosophical. It means consistently improving your position. So you're kind of ready for whatever the next challenge in life is. And no matter what it is, it is always coming. Some challenge is coming right around the bend. Professionally, personally, there's a risk to your status quo uh, that's coming. And, and it may sound 
like a fearful way of living, but that's just kind of my philosophy. So continuous learning presents new information to assist me with what I think are those coming challenges. That's that's a unique definition, Roy. I appreciate that. Has that definition changed at all throughout your life or is that kind of how you've approached it from the beginning? I, I don't think it's changed. I think it's perhaps shifted in its purpose for me. So when I was a younger professional, continuous learning was about you know overcoming barriers to entry, uh, just to earn the right credentials, just to get my foot in the door. Then it was like to earn a seat at the table. I mean, you had to acquire the right bona fides and, and the right credentials. And then I, I think I'm, I'm entering a part of my professional life where it's about acquiring the necessary knowledge to climb the proverbial ladder. And just to be taken seriously in conversations, just to know when it comes to executing that I'm providing value. It's really transitioning from just merely surviving to thriving in whatever environment you're in. Okay. Okay. Thank you. So if I heard you correctly, it sounds like there's a gap maybe in, in getting to somewhere and to learn enabled you to get over that gap. Yeah. I mean, we all have those gaps, you know, be it where we are now to a position professionally that you want to get to, or a status, be it financial or socioeconomic status that you want to leap to. And that knowledge that you acquire helps you get to that next level, whatever you define that is. Cool. Thank you so much. So let's go a little deeper. This is a learning and development podcast. Uh, So let's get into the context of learning and development professionals. Why do you think it's important for L&D professionals to be continuous learners? Well, I think it's important to know the tools of the trade. I've been able to participate in a lot of different uh, learning and development training formats, you know, be it from face-to-face seminar formats to online learning. I think it's important to understand what's out there. And by participating in those learning programs, you only not only accumulate the knowledge that's given, you get to witness the craft of teaching, the craft of training, and another tool, another's tools or their procedures or techniques, by seeing those, you can enhance your ability to design, develop, and implement your own training programs. Wow. That's really insightful because I think oftentimes we think about the what we need to learn and sometimes we forget the how. So if I think I heard you correctly, it's observing others facilitate also allows folks to come back and maybe be more effective in their organizations. Would you say that is true? Oh, yeah. I mean, as a learning and development professional, it's really cool to be part of an experience where you can stop and just kind of take it all in and say, wow, this is really cool. I don't know. I, I, I always like to borrow and steal the, the techniques at work. So um, <laughs> yeah, I think it absolutely works in our profession. That's great. Not, call not those- content. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Best practices for facilitation, right? <laughs> yeah. Cool. Well, do you have any specific examples of something you learned maybe that you didn't immediately apply, um, but it was extremely valuable years down the line? Yeah. Um, As an army officer, I'll tell you something, you know, there are a lot of preconceived notions about military careers, I'm sure. But, you know, one of the things that the military does is they not only teach technical or provide technical competence, but they really do a good job of inculcating uh, their employees and and making them part of something bigger than themselves. And I experienced that in my own military career. And 
what they do is they provide formalized training up front. Uh, and and th- that comes in different forms that, that our uh, listeners can, can read about and research themselves, I'm sure. But it, it's almost too much while you're in it. You know, for me, it was a six-month training program to understand what it was to be, in my case, a field artillery officer. And there's so much learning to do that there are times when I just said, I, I'm never going to remember any of this. <laughs> never going to remember all of these formats, these technical aspects of the equipment we were working on. And, and what amazed me was once we got into the field, and I say field, so to speak, I mean, I mean everyday practice of our craft, it would come back. It would come back and that provided me kind of a, a, a paradigm to kind of match when I became a learning and development professional myself. I, I always talked about, you know, this is going to be uh, something that you remember in the midst of practice. So if it was a soft skills program that I was providing, you know, if I provided a acronym or a certain format, you know, I would tell, you know, my people who were giving me that look like, I'm never going to remember this. I wanted to be effect, so effective as a trainer that it would come back to them when in practice, while they were counseling an employee, while they were providing, you know, appraisals or something like that. So yeah, I, I've had that experience and I like to give that experience to those that I provide training to. That's great. I think the key that you shared is given some context to what they're learning, right? So although they might not apply it next day, it's valuable for this reason, and they're going to see it in the future. Without that context, I think folks maybe miss the opportunities to realize that they're going to apply it in the future. Would you agree with that? Oh, yeah. And, you know, I'll tell you, it's really cool when, you know, you're, you're three months and you've you've forgotten about a training that you provided, and someone will, will reach back and they'll tell you, my goodness, that thing that you said, you know, on the second day when everybody was tired, I used it, you know, and, and yeah. you know, it kind of, uh, it, it makes it all worthwhile. You know, it's kind of the, the occasional eagle shot you make on a golf course that keeps <laughs> you going back to that horrible sport. But, yeah. It's, uh, it's really cool when that happens. That's great. That's great. Let's think about the inverse of kind of the the initial question, which was why it's important for L&D professionals to be continuous learners. What do you think happens when L&D professionals do not seek opportunities to learn continually? Hmm. Yeah, you asked the best questions, Dan. (laughs) (laughs) Thanks, Ray. Uh, I I think they stagnate. I mean, everything, sure, everything old becomes new again, but uh, there are risks just waiting for that boomerang to come back around. So the popularity of formal, informal online learning tools is astounding. I can go to YouTube and learn how to rewire my home office as easily as my daughter can watch YouTube to learn a new dance move. So a learning and development professional has to understand the way their audience prefers to learn or they risk irrelevance, you know? So I I think they've got to understand what's out there. And if they don't, they risk becoming irrelevant. Yeah, I think that's so powerful. And even to take it a step further, you know, risk being ineffective, right? So all these new learning modalities, sometimes it's the shiny object, but uh, there's a reason things come out and and just not seeking to learn and understand. Maybe it's not the best thing for someone's organization, but I think that we all as learning and development professionals need to do the due diligence to see if it is applicable and not just stay in our comfort zone, uh, so to speak. Absolutely. 
I, I do like what you said about challenging yourself. You know, I always talk about being the accidental learning and development guy, um, having kind of stumbled upon that career path. But you see a lot of the, you know, that's not how we do it here. And oftentimes you just want to just grab that person and say, wow, just try something <laughs> new. And nobody wants to do that. Nobody wants to sit through the hour long death by PowerPoint when you can do X, Y, or Z that is the next best new thing. And I'm not asking, I'm not challenging people to totally change their approach or what their bread and butter is, but, you know, maybe try to integrate some new things. Yeah. That, that's and I great. think that that's important just to develop ourselves and, and make us better professionals. Yeah. You're getting me excited with that answer because I think this next question will really bring to light how you do this. So as, a, as an LED leader, a coach, a mentor, can you expand on ways you personally pursue continuous learning? Yeah, it, it depends, man. I've got a lot of interests. First of all, I'm, I'm, a, I'm a doctoral student. I'm always looking for that good deal to efficiently learn you know, what it is I'm interested in. So learning how organizations run effectively is something that, that I am passionate about, you know, and, and helping leaders become better. You know, I, I tell people, use the resources that are available to you. For me, those resources do include the GI Bill, but I've also used just learning benefits that are available through your HR department. You know, just take a class whenever you have some extra time or some extra opportunity to grow. Use that time and benefits to expand your horizons. So that's one way that I look to learn continuously. I'm always looking for uh, the next best piece of knowledge that'll help me effectively do my job. As far as techniques or tactics I use, I have found out that drinking from a water hose, and I'm sure a lot of people have heard that, does not work for me. Okay. So I iterate. I like to touch on a subject of interest every day for up to 20 minutes. And, you know, it's kind of helped me out in my language learning, you know, I, and, I, and I track it. It's slight gamification and just trying to consistently touch on those subjects that I'm interested in. So um, iteration is important to me. Yeah, I would love to learn a little bit more about that. So that 20 minutes um, might be seem like a little time investment, but have you found that that can pay off in a big way? You know, for me, one of the things, uh, I'm, I'm really going to get personal here. Um, one, one of the things that I struggle with is uh, burning too hot too quickly and getting passionate about a subject and then just burning out on it, you know, because I've taken on too much at once. Uh, by iterating, it allows me to take bite-sized pieces and just slowly digest what it is I'm trying to learn. You know, I, I think that that has helped me with resilience and, and grit. And that's why I use that technique. There's also another technique I use in my personal learning. And a buddy of mine reminded me of it a year or so ago. It's called The Parking Lot. Uh, my buddy's name is Fred Miller. He's also a consultant. When you're in those situations where you've got to learn a lot of stuff in a short amount of time, you need a place to park the information that is just too much. And the, the parking lot allows you to park that information and come back to it when it's more convenient to you. Uh, and I've used that a lot recently, especially 
in my language learning, especially when it comes to grammar. And I'm personally learning Korean and, and those subjects are a little bit harder than just memorizing words. So got it. Hopefully that makes sense. It does. Absolutely. Yeah. It sounds like the iterative approach allows you to take things in bite-sized chunks. And when you're not, or when you come across something that isn't as relevant to what you're trying to learn in that moment, you can parking lot it, come back to it later rather than just discarding it and not getting the value uh, at that later date. Is that what I heard? Yeah. And, and I, I like to bring that up, especially when we talk to learning and development professionals who do onboarding training, because you know, if you put yourself in in the shoes of those uh, new employees, it is a lot to take in. You know, it's kind of a world of wonder as they step into a new employer. So if you create that parking lot space, that mentality, you can kind of tell them, okay, pace yourself. I know it's a lot. And you're not just saying that, but you're giving them a, a way. You're giving them a way to practice that. Sure. That makes sense. Thanks for bringing up that point. So I'd like to kind of expand on this a little bit where you described going to pursue your doctorate. That's a way to continuously learn. Do you have any other examples of quality continuous learning resources that are out there for folks to tap into? I can tell you that the best resource for me has been just a network. You know, which sounds, when I say it these days, it just sounds so cliche. And a lot of people, I'm trying to get past the eye roll, you know, because a lot of people are like, <laughs> yeah, I'm an introvert. I don't want to be a deal with people. If you get a close circle of friends, like I participated with you, Dan, in, you know, a normal sure. periodic coffee, it's amazing what you hear as far as opportunities to grow, you know, and if you have a group of people that are interested in helping each other, they provide you these uh, opportunity. I, I call them gee whiz opportunities. Those <laughs> opportunities where you hear and you go, oh, gee whiz, that sounds amazing. You know, how do I do that? You know, and, and you and, and our friends that participated in that, we, we would share. We would say, here's a link to that program that I participated in. That is a trusted source of, of opportunities. You know, the other thing that helps out is just understanding what is the state of the art in the industry that you uh, are employed in? And staying current on those and looking for those opportunities that are provided to you uh, from you know, a learning and development office or HR or, or your leadership that provides those opportunities to grow. Got it. Got it. Yeah. And I think I also heard you talk. I mean, you said, hey, audiobooks, if you're on a plane, um, you know, the ability to read, whether it's with your eyes or with your ears, is really expanded. Um, I know personally, I've been engaged with quality webinars through uh, the Greater Cincinnati Association for Talent Development, which is sponsoring this podcast. Uh, we have upskilling courses, so maybe not a doctorate program, but LinkedIn Learning or Cornerstone or whatever talent softwares you know you might have access to. Um, certifications, you know, the talent development magazines. You know, you've you've listed some. I just listed some additional. I think there's ample opportunity for folks to upskill. Would you say that? Yeah, absolutely. When you were getting meta here, uh, podcasts, I, and I've talked to plenty of professionals uh, from the middle management executive levels that have said, you know, I am an avid podcast listener. So plenty of learning to do in, in what I like to say in real time, you know, with podcasts. Great, great. Thanks, Roy. And, and you might not have an example of this, but any examples of opportunities you have not pursued 
but may benefit our audience. Maybe things that are non-traditional or just things that you haven't pursued, but you're like, Hey, I might have that on my list for the future. Yeah. I, there are these little niche events and I, and I don't want to offend anybody when I say that for an example, for me, I've always wanted to do an improv class. Okay. You know, and, and, and I hear about them popping up, you know, and for me, the, the barriers to entry are always high, you know, so it's, it's normally like, ugh, I don't want to give up a Wednesday evening or <laughs> I don't want to drive the, you know, the, the 15 minutes downtown. But that's something that I've always wanted to do. And it's intrigued me, uh, not only because I love meeting new people, uh, but it would it goes back to that comfort zone portion of our conversation. It would get me out of my comfort zone and force me to grow, you know, in, in ways that I possibly or that I'm seeing as well as I'm possibly not seeing. Got it. Got it. Great. So it sounds like, you know, something that you're excited about, the barrier to entry is is high in your perspective, but you know that it's something that you'd enjoy. Yeah. And people there, there's these little niche programs all over your city, uh, all over your town, I'm sure. You just sure. got to seek them out. Absolutely. Thank you. Great. So Roy, I think that's a great segue to this next question. If we talk about barrier to entry, I'd, I'd be curious to ask you, how do you balance your commitments in your job and your personal life with the pursuit of continuous learning opportunities. Yeah, I the, the, I think the balance comes from sharing with your employer as well as sharing with your family. I mean, I can tell you a doctoral program can be uh, just a heavy weight to carry. And it's a weight that has to be carried not just by the student, but by the family as well. And if you don't let people know uh, what you're going through, you know, when, when dealing with the challenges introduced by those programs, I, I think you're uh, you're doing yourself a disservice because there's going to come up there. There is a price, not just the uh, monetary price for those programs, but there's a price in time, and there's a price in focus when you've got to shift your focus to learning. So, yeah, I would say the biggest thing is sharing with others around you and getting that support that comes from a support system. That's great, Roy. I just was thinking personally, uh, had the opportunity to be an adjunct professor this last semester at a local university and I uh, shared with my wife, I had never done this before. I had never used their their education system, et cetera. So although I was comfortable with the material I was facilitating, uh, I was not comfortable with the technology and the learning curve was steep. And so if I wouldn't have had that conversation with my spouse um, up front, I think there would have been some... Uh, not some not not happy uh, results of that. So I completely resonate with what you're saying, and um, you know, for, personal development's great, but we obviously care about folks around us, and we want to make sure that it's there's not an adverse impact, right? Yeah, yeah. And as I've matured, I start to realize that a lot of times I've I've gotten into these things, and it's a good idea on paper. Like on paper, that sounded great. And now that I'm in the in the fight, so to speak, you know, I'm getting bloodied and I'm getting bruised a little <laughs> bit. So um, having people to kind of tag up with or, or or just to observe you, you know, while you're going through this is important. My my wife is an incredible friend and ally. And she's she reminds me, you're not being yourself. Relax. This weekend, you need to set that aside and relax. You know, and it goes back to that iterative approach, you know, and having someone else on the outside observing you and telling you, okay, slow down here, speed up here. Hey, you've got some time, you know, who knows you just as well as you know yourself. That's great. That's great. So let's, um, let's talk a little, little deeper if you don't mind. So 
as we play that out, uh, you've described multiple learning opportunities. We have podcasts, books, further education, et cetera. We have our demands of our job. We have our potential partners or pursuits outside of work. How do you look at things from a lens of prioritization? So I'm not necessarily saying prioritization, what's most important. I guess I kind of am, but you know, as you prioritize what you're going to learn, how much time you have to learn that, do you have any tips and tricks for folks as they prioritize like the biggest bang for their buck or whatever? Yeah, I well, I like I like what you said about you know biggest bang for your buck. I, I'm a big Tim Ferriss fan, you know, and he does talk about Pareto principle. You know, finding out the 80 percent that would make you good enough in you know in any field, and I think that helps you to prioritize what you focus on in your personal development. Now, sometimes when you get into structured programs, you don't have that option. I understand that, but as far as scheduling goes. You need to understand your schedule and then look for pockets of time that you can employ your discipline or apply your personal discipline and push yourself to use that free time to advance towards your learning objectives. You know, if I were to capstone all of this, it says it would be know your schedule, know your schedule and know your priorities, know your objectives and take the time to write it all out and to understand how you're going to most efficiently advance. That's great insight. I think that's kind of taking control of what we're trying to accomplish versus letting kind of the world happen and getting us off track. So good insight there. Roy, your passion for continuous improvement really highlights, in my opinion, your self-awareness and your humility. I think our listeners could really benefit from learning more about kind of your background. What has led you to be able to be that self-aware and that humble to really spark the continuous learning approach that you have in your life? Yeah, I think I have to be um, because of the nature of my history. I, I'm a combat vet, a uh, two-time combat vet. And I, I try not to dwell on it because some people wear that as some kind of badge of honor. Uh, but for me, it is is lent to a lot of mental health challenges, you know, to include depression, you know, the adverse impacts of PTSD, and, and the such. And, and I'm, I'm not one of those people who, once again, I, I don't wear it as a badge of honor or anything like that. It's, it's, it's a challenge. So I have to be self-aware, you know, about what goes into my, my head. When I think about things like general anxiety disorder that a lot of my brother and sister veterans deal with, you know, and I, I do think about the benefits of continuous learning. You know, when we were, when I was coming up in the military, they always said confidence comes from competence. When you are competent in your job, it takes away the reasons to be less confident. So I think that that just understanding, acquainting myself, and then mastering my surroundings has been an aim for me as I acquire knowledge in, in different fields, you know, and, and it goes back to what I talked about earlier in the definite, my definition of continuous learning. It's readying myself for any challenges that life might throw at me. And that helps me uh, become a healthier from a mental perspective. Roy, I just, I appreciate your vulnerability, um, your authenticity with that answer. I think it's very easy to focus on learning the business stuff, but I think we have to learn ourselves, like you said, in ways that we can best, you know, treat ourselves and put ourselves in the best position to be the people that we want to be. And 
uh, just so catalytic what you're just sharing. And, you know, we have to start with ourselves and creating that space to learn and grow and be ready for that other stuff. And so thanks for sharing. Well, and I, if I, if you don't mind me adding, Dan, I just, I, I think so, oftentimes we don't know when to say no, you know, and we don't know when to say that's just too much right now. You know, it doesn't fit into my life right now. So we take on too much and, and it can add to those, uh, the, the mental distress that comes from, you know, well, stress. So I, I, I think that, you know, being self-aware, humble enough to know what you can take on is important as a lifelong learner. Great point. Thank you. So we've covered a lot of useful information today, Roy. I really thank you so much for the, your insights if you could leave our listeners with one key takeaway for anyone that aspires to be more of a continuous learner, what advice would you give? It's really important, the perspective of expanding your horizons. And I heard this uh, quote a couple of weeks ago from Trevor Noah's book, Born a Crime. And I think it really resonates here. And, and the quote is, we tell people to follow their dreams, but you can only dream of what you can imagine. Continuous lifelong learning, it fuels that imagination and it expands what's possible. That's a thought that I think is important to leave people with. Thank you, Roy. I couldn't agree more. Just so grateful that you've spent the time with us, with our listeners, Roy. Really appreciate you joining. Well, thank you so much. Well, hopefully you found some tips and insights today that you can apply as a talent development leader to invest in your own personal and professional development. As John F. Kennedy once said, leadership and learning are indispensable to each other. Thank you for listening. We hope you enjoyed this episode of Elevate L&D with Dan Link and Roy Nickerson. Next time, host Greg Gould and his guest will discuss facilitating a talent review. Have a topic you'd like to hear on the podcast? Email your comments or suggestions to podcast at gcatd.org. Thanks for listening.